there's this, there's, you know, we, we're, we don't have a leader anymore in the UK. There's, we don't, there's droughts, there's, there's a recession, there's problems everywhere. And it seems like there's a compiling of problems, left, right, and center. And so in times like this, it's easy as people to ask why. Why are we going through what we're going through? Why is this happening to me, Lord? Why is my situation like this? Why is my marriage like this? Why is my home like this? Why are my kids like this? There's a lot of questions that you can ask why. But a better question to ask or a more challenging question that you could ask the Lord is this. How can we fix this? And so that's where we're going to be today. So we are going to be looking and the, the, the scripture the Lord used and is used to speak this message today is 1 Samuel 3. So if you can follow me there, 1 Samuel 3. And if you've got an Android, raise it up in the air. Today is your day. <laughs> today is your day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Android users, it's not your time. Android users, it's not your time. I have the mic today. <laughs> Listen, for the salty Apple users, you can report me to Apostle next week. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But today, 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 it's an it's a Android revolution. Amen, amen. <laughs> so I know that my Android users are already there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> First Samuel 3, and it begins like this. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. In the KJV, I, I read this, and what it said in the KJV is that there was no open vision. I was like, hmm. And that word open in the Hebrew is the word parat. And I was thinking open, uh, uh, but the word doesn't actually, we translate it to be open, but the word would be more rightly translated breakthrough. Someone say breakthrough. 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 And to understand breakthrough vision, what does that mean? Where, what, how does that contextually fit? So we have to look back into the story that led to the prophet Samuel. So to look back, we, we know about Moses, don't we? We know about that, that famous story of the exodus of the Israelites. We know that story. We understand that the Israelites were, were delivered from Egypt and delivered to the, to the wilderness. And they went for 40 years of wilderness wandering, but they were out of the captivity of Egypt. We know that story. And, and then we know that Moses didn't quite see the promised land. He had a look at it, but he wasn't destined to walk them into the promised land. And then Joshua follows after him. And Joshua leads the people into the promised land. He leads them um, into battle. He leads them into war. And the, 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 the captain of the host comes and battles with him to capture that land. And at the end of Joshua, at the end of the, the book of Joshua, we see an exchange that happens between Joshua and the people. And I want to go there. I want to go there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my time today. I want to go there to Joshua 24. Joshua 24. And in this, in this um, exchange, what is seen with Joshua is that he's talking to the people of God and he's, he's reminding them of the story. You see, the story didn't start there. The story didn't start in the promised land. The story doesn't begin there. And what he reminds them is he says, he says in verse 2, Joshua 24, verse 2, he says, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. He reminds them of where they began. The story begins with Abraham being called out from beyond the river. The river they're speaking about is the river Euphrates. This is the, this is the river that um, distinguishes them from Mesopotamia, where 
the, that, and this is where Abraham actually comes from. And he says, and he's saying to them, look, they served other gods. They served different types of, of gods and they had their idols. But I called you out for myself. And the promise unto Abraham is through your children, the nations of the world will be blessed. That's the initial promise. That's the initial place that it starts. And so he continues and then he reminds them of Jacob, Jacob and Esau. He reminds them of Moses and Aaron. He reminds them of the plagues. He reminds them of Egypt. He reminds them of the journey that they've been on. Understanding that this was all to lead to here. And then he says to them, he says, will you... He, 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 he puts a charge to them about will they continue to serve the Lord. He says in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. He says to them, he commits to them this charge. He says to them, you must serve the Lord. It is your time to serve God. You have been called to be God's possession in the land. The reason why God dispossessed the Jebusites and all the ites that we understand from the scriptures is because he was looking for his own people to be established. He was looking for an inheritance in the earth. And he's saying to them, put away everything else. Don't be indecisive. Joshua charges them and reminds them that the Lord is a jealous God. He says in verse 20, if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. But the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. So they commit this to God and they affirm their decision and say I'm going to serve the Lord we as a nation are going to be that which was promised we are going to stand and say this will be where Jehovah has his name this will be where Jehovah is king this is will this will be where Jehovah is esteemed as God over all things this is this is that moment and there's 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 two mountains that this was decreed at. And this, this place is called the, the um, what Joshua does is that he creates a testimony and it's called the testimony of witness here. And there's two mountains that symbolize blessings and curses. It symbolizes, well, if you choose the right path, there will be blessings. And then it shows another path and it says there will be curses. So this is where they find themselves. They've, they've made this decree, they've said yes, Yes, Joshua, we will submit to what God has to say. We will submit to what the Lord has to say. But then you find yourself in the book of Judges. And Judges is a cycle of events. Judges, it's, it's like they're going on a merry-go-round. At one time, they're saying, and we, you know, the people were serving the Lord. And then at another, it says they did evil in the sight of God. It says, and, and the, the, the thing that changed it is that the Lord would raise up a judge and then they would serve the Lord again, but then they would turn again. And they're going through a cycle of decisions. They would say, yeah, we're going to serve him. And then we say, no, I'm not going to serve him. Yeah, I'm going to serve him. No, I'm not going to serve him. And it was an indecisive people. God is not looking for indecisive decisions. When you say yes, God is looking for a yes. Will God find faithful commitment in us? Will God find faithful commitment in us? He's not looking for us to go in merry-go-rounds and wonder about whether we're going to serve him, whether we're about it, whether we're, we're, we care for the things of God. They were in a merry-go-round. And so what, this is where Samuel steps into the picture, or rather Hannah. And we know the story of Hannah, and Hannah is there crying before the Lord. And she's saying, Lord, I'm not happy with my situation. And the thing is, sometimes we look at Hannah and we look at her situation and say, wow, she's a valiant woman. But understand, Hannah was typifying something going on in the nation. She was crying out and saying, God, I'm not happy with the merry-go-round anymore. God, I'm not happy with how it's going. God, I'm not willing to stand there and say, yes, it's going to be like this. And oh, we're going to serve you this time. And then no, we're going to change our mind. 
She said, no, this isn't the promise. This isn't what I, I, I left Egypt for. This isn't what we were looking for. This is not the decision that I signed up to. She said, Lord, please. She was travailing in prayer. She was travailing to the point that she couldn't even make words anymore. She wasn't even making sense anymore. And then Eli comes to her and Eli says, surely this woman has to be drunk. Surely. She's not making noise. She's, she's, just, she's just there before the, 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 the walk, wailing and just crying. And, 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 and she's, she's not making sense. And she turned to him and said, no, my Lord, I, I, I am seeking for a son. The cry of Hannah was a cry of a people that had been sitting in a cycle over and over again. She was crying and saying, God, no, this can't be it. And to the point where she said, Lord, I'm willing to even say, if you give me the promise, I'm willing to give it back to you. You see, when God gives us a promise, sometimes we think that God is about just prospering us for the sake of prospering us. No, God's decision with you is about advancing his kingdom. He's not just giving you lands, houses, and cars to make you feel good about yourself. The reason why God wants to advance you is because he wants to advance his kingdom. Because she was willing to partner with what God was saying in that moment, and because she understood that the nation was in a, a, a crisis of indecision, she asked for something and said, Lord, if I get my answer, I'll come in agreement with your answers. And this is where we see 1 Samuel 3. And when it says there was no open vision, understand this there was no breakthrough and so that understanding of what it is to mean breakthrough we come back to that the understanding was that they could no longer see the vision of what God had established in the first place there was no breakthrough because they couldn't understand that this is the promise was for them to be the land and possession of God they could no longer see that pro that that vision that God envisioned for them they were out of alignment with God, what God was saying. They could no longer see it, and that's why there was no breakthrough. Sometimes we think that vision, and we think about the words that God has to say as, as something that is about seeing the heavens and capturing, uh, capturing images and capturing things. But the understanding was here that there was no breakthrough because they had forsaken their first call. There was no breakthrough in vision because the vision was that of what God had said to Abraham. Turn to someone and say, do you remember the vision? Do you remember the vision? So we'll find ourselves here, 1 Samuel 3. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And then it says, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle, of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down. So I'm, I'm going to have to, listen, you're going to have to follow me through this. You're going to have to follow me through. So what is the, the lamp of God in the tabernacle? What is that? What is the significance of that? And sometimes we, we read some of these scriptures, and I know I find myself reading it, and we're thinking, well, you get to Exodus, and he's speaking about, well, it's... The tabernacle has to look like this, it has to have this color, it has to have that, it has to, it has to have like this furniture. And you know, God wasn't just interested in interior design. God's not just an interior designer. God was concerned about the, the, the ways and the, 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 the things that he wanted to bring into the earth. You see, God was concerned about the earthly things like that. Sometimes we think that God, that our, our faith is about, you know, only heavenly things and only concerned with, with just seeing the heavens and etc. and blah, blah. But understand this, God is still concerned about the earth. God has is, God is called us to be concerned about the earth. And so even in this furniture, the furniture is typifying that, we, that God is concerned about even the little details and minutia of your life. Even the ways that you live your life, how you treat your body, things like that. You see, we are, um, in the New Testament, you see that Paul writes against the ideas of the Gnostics. 
And what he's speaking about is that these people that came with oriental um, philosophies into the church and tried to speak about some ascetic lifestyles. And what that means is that they were speaking about, oh, if we transcend this world, if we just lay off this body. What they believed was that everything earthly or everything temporal was, um, was evil. But understand this, this is not our gospel. Because the gospel is this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That who shall ever believe on him should not perish and shall have everlasting life. Furthermore, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And, and even in verse 14, it says, the word put on flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. What that means is that God, is, God cared so much about this reality that he said, I'm going to put on flesh. And sometimes we think we're of, you're concerned about, oh, uh, heavenly things. But the thing is, God doesn't want us to be so heavenly minded that we're not any earthly good. God doesn't want us just concerned about, you know, uh, uh, you know seeing and peering into this and peering into that and, and looking into this and not concerned about how God wanted to do things. Understand, even in, in John, in John chapter 1, what he speaks about is even the light of God. And that is exactly what the lamp is typifying. Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus. Jesus' name means Jehovah is our salvation. And if Je- and Jehovah is our and it means and he is God with us, Emmanuel. And so if we understand this then, we can then see that the light in the tabernacle, it says the Lord well, went out. The lamp of God went out in the tabernacle. What does that mean then? They could no longer see their salvation. They could no longer see the vision of what God was trying to say. The the breakthrough that we're talking about in verse 1 is connected to this, that they could no longer see where God had envisioned them. They could no longer see what God had for them. They could no longer see, well, is, is this my call? Is this where we're supposed to be? They had left their first call. They had left it. They had left it. The lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And it continues, and it, and it speaks about the idea that Samuel was, was called by God then. And this is where we find ourselves. So follow me, verse 4, verse 4. And it says that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli. And Eli said, here I am. And so he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the, the Lord called yet again. And there's a, there's a cycle here. It says, he, he hears God, he goes to Eli. He hears God, he goes to Eli. I'm sure parents in here would be really annoyed if, if a kid just kept on knocking at your door, you're sleeping at night, and he's like, why are you calling me? You're calling me again. No, no. And so th- this goes on until the point where Eli realizes, oh, okay, the Lord is, st- is speaking to him. You see, Eli... Even though there had been no breakthrough in vision, Eli, an older man, still understood, okay, there were times when God spoke. There was a time when God spoke. There was a time when God was speaking out to his people. There was a time when God was calling out to his people. There was a time. There was a time. And so... He's, he's, he's reminded of this. It takes a long time, sometimes in a place of, of no breakthrough when things are problems, are left, right, and center. It's quite hard to hear the voice of the Lord anymore. And sometimes you'll feel like, oh, does God still speak? But God is sitting there knocking, waiting for an opportunity to speak to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so this is what happens. He, he learns and he says, yes. Uh, Eli says in verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli sent him again to lie down. But this is what happens in verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. 
Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Amen. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at both at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Tingle. And I want to go to something in verse 10. It says this, Now the Lord came and stood and called at, as, as at other times. The Lord stood before Samuel. Hallelujah. Could you even imagine why it is for the Lord to stand before you? A young boy not used to hearing the voice of God, and yet God stands before him. What does that even mean for God to stand before him? I want to show you. So understand this. Genesis 1, I'm going to read a few scriptures here. Genesis 1, 1 to 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. 1 Kings 17.1 And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Ezekiel 1.1, now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. What do these things have in common? What do these things have in common? I want to tell you something about dark times. I want to tell you something about dark times. You see, when darkness is on the face of the land, the Lord is waiting and hovering, waiting to bring potential out of the void. When you think that it's your darkest moment, when you think that God's left you, when you can't see your way out, the Spirit of the Lord is waiting for you. The Spirit of the Lord is waiting for an opportunity. He's saying, will you hear me? He's sitting there knocking at your door saying, will you hear me? Will you hear me? God hasn't left you. God hasn't forsaken you. The life may seem dark. Your situation may seem horrible. You may be looking around and saying, God, I don't know where I'm going to go next. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how this is going to be fixed. But Lord knows that he's waiting there for you. He's waiting. You see, what happens in the beginning is that God, you see, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was, out, was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. But yet the Spirit of God was hovering. It was dark. It was void. But yet the Spirit of God is hovering. You see, the situation with Elijah is that it's a dark period. We see King Ahab. We see Jezebel in the land. Jezebel has set up her prophets to speak wicked things. She's, she's brought idolatry into the nation of Israel. And yet, out of nowhere, Elijah the Tishbite comes out. And all the Spirit of God is looking for is that someone on earth agrees with the words from heaven. You see, what was happening there is that, like I said, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What was happening is that the, ho the Holy Spirit was waiting for the utterance from the Godhead to say, yeah, let's go. That's what's happening. God is waiting for someone on the earth to say, yes, Lord, I'm here. Yes, Lord, I'll answer. Yes, Lord, I'll stand. Yes, Lord, I'll be that voice. Yes, Lord, I'll agree with you on the earth. That's what he was waiting for. Imagine Ezekiel, as I read, Ezekiel chapter 1. It says, now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chabar. The psalm says, how can we sing the song of the Lord in a strange land? 
He's amongst the captives. He doesn't even think, you know, he's amongst his brethren, but he's saying captives. This is him describing the situation they're in. They are captives in a strange land. They don't even feel comfortable to sing the song of the Lord because they understood that their assignment was to be in the land of Israel, in the promised land, to be the voice that cries, yes, we agree with God. But they had left that. And yet they find themselves as captives. It's bleak. It's a dark situation. But yet this is what happens. It says that the heavens were opened and I saw the visions of God. What God was waiting for is that even in your mess, even sitting down amongst captives, even sitting down in the midst of what looks like an unparalleled time, out of the land, out of the promise, lost without hope, God was saying, is there one? Is there one? Will there be one that answers the call? Turn to your neighbor and ask, will you answer the call? Will you answer the call? Follow me to Isaiah 6. I know my Android users are following me, so I... I <laughs> don't be salty. Don't be salty. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't be salty. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. So let's have a look at what the Lord is saying to Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The king had died. Again, a headless place, looking for direction. New times, unprecedented times. What do you do? It's a difficult time, but he says, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. He hears the, the angels crying, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And I love what, Elijah, what, what Isaiah does in this situation. He said in verse 5, so I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. You see, Isaiah knew the situation. He was opened up to the splendor of heaven. And he was like, nah, I, I, this, 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 is not my, this is not me. This, this, surely I'm not supposed to be here. He was like, no, this, this can't be me. I know that I am not worthy to be here. But what does he ask? He says, and, and this is what happens. The live call from the, off the altar is taken and he touched my mouth with it, in verse 7, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. This is profound to me, because what it tells me is that it's, there is a, a temple. There is, there's, there is a temple. There is an altar before the Lord. And then when you think about Jesus' sacrifice... And you say that he had, to go, he had to first descend and then ascend. You have to understand that Jesus now was taking the sacrifice of himself up to the altar in heaven and saying, presenting it unto God to be a worthy sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And this is something that Isaiah, Isaiah sees the Christ. You know that Isaiah is one that sees and prophesies of Emmanuel, God with us coming. And so he sees what Jesus is about to do. And even before Jesus has put the sacrifice on the altar in our time, in eternity, he recognizes that I can have salvation. My sins can be cleaned. The coals from the altar can touch my lips and I can be touched. He tapped into something that didn't even happen in his time. 
He saw beyond what was happening in his time and said, yes, do it for me now. Touch my lips now. He had faith to see. And then he says, and then this is the thing that he does afterwards. In verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. You see what God is calling for, when your life is bleak, when your life is down, you could ask why, but let's be like Isaiah and say, here am I, Lord, send me. Sometimes we're looking for answers left, right, and center and asking why God, why this, why there, why this, why that. But what God is looking for is he's looking for agreement on the earth to partner with the decrees of heaven and say, here am I, Lord, send me. Somebody shout, send me. Send me. Hallelujah. Send me, Lord. Send me. So he accepted the call. He accepted what God had to say over his life. And this is what Samuel was doing. Samuel was agreeing with what God had to say. So we're going to skip it back to 1 Samuel 3. He was coming into agreement with what God had to say. Amen. Amen. And so Samuel, Samuel answered the Lord. Again, like we said, he answered the Lord. He answered the Lord, speak for your servant hears. He came into agreement. He said, yes, God. Yes, there is one here. You see the cries of his mother, the cries for a son. He was coming into agreement, even though it, 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 he, wasn't, he didn't spend the time with his mom. He was raised amongst, I could imagine that would have come with some trauma, not being with your mom. I'm not going to lie, I'm with your parents. But even that, he carried on the call and the cry of his mom. He, he, as an individual, took on that call and said, yes, Lord, I will agree. Yes, Lord, I will, I, I, I will stand. Yes, Lord, if you need a vessel, send me. And that's why he says, and, and this is the thing, some things that we, we look at and we, and, we, and we look at what God had to say to him. This thing, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. You see, this, this is what in, in our day we, we would love to hear. We would love to look at it and we say, you're, you're in a dark situation, you're in a, a tough situation. And then God says, I'm going to tell you something that will make your ears tingle. And you're like, oh, okay, something heavy is about to come. Something, oh. Let me sit down. Something heavy is about to come. Something mighty is about to come. Something profound is about to be uttered from the voice of God. You're like, okay, this, this is some deep revelation. This is something new. This is really going to be something. You know what God does? God directs him to what was missing in Israel. Sometimes we as, <laughs> we kind of, when, we, when we're going through things, this is what we do. We're looking for a new instruction and a new direction. We're like, oh, this, we, we expect some new thing to come. But what, what God does with Samuel is that he says he points out the faults at how they were serving. Because the thing is, you can't expect God to give you new instructions when you don't honor the first instructions. We're out here looking for God to say, open this, give me a new word, give me a, a, something that will make my ears tingle. And the thing that God was speaking to him was to say, look, the reason why there's no breakthrough, the reason why you can't see past where you're going, the reason why you're sat in a cycle is because you've forgotten what I called you to in the first place. You've forgotten that you were supposed to be my inheritance in the earth. You've forgotten that the temple was supposed to stand and the light was not supposed to go out. You've forgotten that you were called to be my inheritance in the earth. He's not going to give you something new when you're not respecting the old. And so he's calling, he's calling out here and he's saying, He's, 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 he's looked at it and he's like, oh, my ears tingled. But this is something different. This is, this, is, this, ain't, this, this is not what I expected. God was calling out his voice 
to be a voice that reminded them of where they were supposed to be. Sometimes we, we, we glorify different mantles and we're looking for different mantles and we're looking for the the i i read a book and i love this book because it's true it's the apostolic prophetic mantle upon um samuel's samuel's life i think it was an e-book by apostle Rylis, ryan the strange and i absolutely loved it and it pointed out the the mantle that was on samuel's life but the reason why samuel's mantle was dropped upon him was not for the sake of just you know speaking out words that wouldn't drop to the ground but it was to call people back to the first instructions. Sometimes we're, we're looking for a new, a new type of mantle, a new type of way, a new type of, oh God, give me this, give me that, give me this. But God is not raising in this church and in this generation people that don't understand the first instructions. God's not calling a generation of, of prophets that are able to be literate and be able to speak all these types of words, be able to be profound and pronounce this word and say that word without understanding understanding what salvation who is God can you explain can you explain justification sanctification glorification God's not trying to raise a generation of prophets that are out of order God is looking to raise in this house those that are in order those that understand the things of God God's not trying to advance you in seeing the macrocosm and microcosm and see into the heavens when you don't even understand to see into your bible God is calling us out to say, come on. God wants you to be in order. God wants you to grow healthy. God's not looking for a wild church. He's looking for a clean church. God's not looking for gifted people that don't have the character. God is concerned. Before you understand the deep things about the gifts of the Spirit, do you understand the character of God? Do you understand the fruits of the Spirit? God is looking to orientate us to understand what is, the, what is the will of God. You see, the reason why Samuel could see what he could see, the reason why Samuel could understand what he understood was because Samuel was raised in the house of God, understanding how to tend to the things of God. He was trained sitting in the presence of God. He was trained to know what God was concerned about. He was trained to say, this is what Israel was supposed to do on this holy day. He understood the feast. He understood the, the practices of Israel. And that's why he could stand and represent everything that God wanted to do in that moment. That was the, the mantle upon Samuel. And once more, if you follow it through with the scripture, it says, so Samuel laid down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Again, he's in service. It'd be easy after seeing such uh, the Lord standing before you saying, no, nah, I'm not going to, listen, I'm not opening doors anymore. What do you mean? Open doors for me? What, do you, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no one else can see anything. Everyone's blocked out. No one can see nothing. I'm not opening no doors for you. You guys can't see nothing. But no, Samuel wasn't lifted up in pride. And he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. That's character. That's character. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. And then he charges him, God, do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. That's a powerful charge. It's a powerful charge. You see, the reason why... <laughs> The reason why Israel was in the situation that they were is because they didn't obey. And they remember what we looked at in Joshua 24. He said, if you don't obey, then these, these blessings, the Lord will turn around and give you these curses. Partial obedience is still disobedience. We know it. It's still disobedience. So Samuel walked heavy in what, in, in what he said. He said, listen, I'm not holding anything back. And this is, <laughs> then he said to, then verse 18, then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Eli understood the voice of the Lord, even in his situation. He understood, okay, God does speak. And this is definitely what he would say. Sometime, and, and this is what we need to understand. 
before we start to, uh, before we, we hear deep things, when you're in a time of, of, of not hearing anything, when you're in a time when you're like, Lord, I don't know left from right, I don't know what this situation looks like, I don't know where the nation is going, I don't know how it is. When God's not spoken to you for so long and you don't understand and you're like, God, what, what, how am I supposed to even recognize your voice anymore? Understand this, when God comes knocking, you'll understand his voice because he'll point you back to his word. God won't speak to you outside of the, of the will of, of, of the word. He won't speak to you vain words that come from, from, from different, theo- different philosophies and theologies that are outside of the plan and mind of God. You will understand the voice of God by understanding his word. So, when, so this is how we can, we can partner with God to hear his voice. And this is what it says. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord, and this is the thing. So from that word, from that, that redirection of the nation, it was then understood to him, okay, that, and understood to the nation that this is God's voice. This is the one that God has established to speak to them. And so to us today, what God is asking for concerning us is about, will you come and answer yes? I want you to, I want you to ponder that and think. Because God is pointing you back to the instructions. You see, it's easy right now because of where we are as a nation, where we are as a people, to say, Lord, if this is difficult. Lord, this is tough. Lord, I don't know where to go. Sometimes we're looking for the next voice, the next prophecy, the next leader, and we're not looking at ourselves and saying, Lord, here I am, send me. The problem that you see amongst you, why don't you partner with God and say, Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I'm willing to say yes. Lord, I'm willing to turn my mind back to you. Lord, I'm willing to turn my heart back to you. Lord, I'm willing to say yes to everything that you have to say. I'll say yes to whatever you want to go. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes. I'll say yes beyond my feelings. I'll say yes beyond where I am right now. I'll say yes beyond what I can see. I'll say yes beyond my capacity. I'll say yes. God's requiring from us a yes. God's requiring from us, will you answer the call? Will you look beyond where you are right now? Will you look to where God has you to be? What was the word that was spoken to you? What was that word? Where were you when God told you about the vision for the business? Where God told you about the vision for the, the, the family? Where God told you about the vision for your life? Where God told you about the vision of who you were to become? Take yourself back to that place. And I wanna call everyone who've, who has, feels like they've left that place, that feels like they have forgotten what God has said to them, that feels like they've left that moment and we're going to repent. We're going we're gonna to call ourselves back. We're going to do as Samuel did and say, Lord, I'm going to realign myself with what you had to say. Lord, I'm going to realign myself to the promises that you've spoken to me. Lord, before you say anything else, I say yes, Lord, to what you told me in the first place. We're going to repent and say, Lord God, I'm turning around. I'm turning back. I'm moving with you. I'm partnering what Jesus would have to say concerning me. You see, because God has called us. Sometimes we feel as if God has, uh, uh, we feel like life is a, everything is problems and life is a problem. But the reason why God has called us as children of God is to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the earth. We are supposed to follow after the example of Christ. Christ says, take up your cross and follow me. Christ says, come after me. Christ doesn't ask you to, to, you know, Christ doesn't promise just the fact of nice things. But he does say the scriptures say that he said that the suffering of this time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be had after this. And so even though there may be struggle, even though there may be hardship, the Lord is calling you and saying there shall be glory. 
even though you feel like you're distant, like there's, there's hardship, even though the relationship right now may feel dark and bleak, the Lord is inviting us back to the place of saying, yes, God. Yes, God. And so I'm opening up the altar and we can, we can pray. And I want the church to stand and pray and let's pray and repent of the things that we have not done the things that we have asked for and open ourselves up to the new instructions because the Lord has called this church to be an answer in this season. He's called the church to be an answer to what, to what is going on in, in, the, in the nation. The Lord has called the church to be an answer to say, yes, Lord, you can send those amongst us in the brook place. You can send us to where you want us to be. You can send us, Lord, to where you would have us. You can send us out, Lord God. You can send us out to government. You can send us out to businesses. You can send us out to be, to be answers to the problems that are happening in our society. You can send us Lord, so that we can steward it. So let's pray. Lord God, we repent and say, Lord, we'll say yes. Lord will say yes. Lord will say yes. Lord will say yes. Ramande hotolomo hosaya. Reketene mandele bokoshata. Randa bahandele lebo hosande. Rikata mando horobo hosaya. Rekete yandala mahataya. Rundo boseya. Lord God, we repent of every decision that, Lord God, we've taken away from your will. Lord God, we say we'll submit to what you had to say. Lord God, we won't go, look, go looking for idolatrous things. We won't go looking for just straightforward words, Lord God. But we'll say yes, Lord, to what you said in the first place. Lord God, we will be humble, Lord God, and say, Lord, we will come to your word. We will come, Lord God, and study your word. We'll come back to the place that you called us to. We'll come back to prayer. We'll come back. We'll come back to prayer, Lord God. We'll come back, Lord God, to, to reading. We'll come back to that place where we loved, Lord God, where we love the things of God, when we were concerned over the things of God. Lord God, we'll submit, Lord God, even if it don't feel, Lord God, the best, even in the midst, Lord God, of a hard thing. Lord God, even in the midst of a hardness, Lord God, in our, in our society. Lord God, in the midst of a dry ground, in the midst of a dry society, in the midst of a dry place, Lord God, we'll say yes, Lord. Lord God, even if we don't see it, Lord God, we'll be like the woman, Lord God, that obeyed Elijah and said yes Lord we will submit and just and just pour we'll pour we'll pour even if we can't see oh God where the next will come from we'll pour Lord God we'll pour out before you yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord God, beyond my situation. Yes, Lord God, beyond where I find myself. Yes, Lord. Lord God, even when it don't feel nice. Remande besunda mama mama haya rikata na mande olobohoshaya Lord God the answer will be yes Lord God the answer will be yes endere behusataya rondo bohoseta na mande ya rikande hesetaya let church pray 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 let's pray for our nation let's pray for our nation andala mahasataya that Lord God will turn back to right doctrine. That Lord God will humble ourselves. Yanda Bahaya. Remande Bekusataya. Remande Debe Siandalaboho Shataya. Rika Bando Holaboho Sataya. Remande Dede Hosataya. Resete Andama Sunde Alamahaya. Ride Bekiandolobo Sataya. Yes, God, Nanda Yodo Hosataya. Rikande Berisataya. Rondo Bosende Besia Tamande. Riba kandeyo lobo hosaya, handele mo koshete debe sianda. Lord God, we'll humble ourselves. Lord God, we'll humble ourselves. Lord God, we'll humble ourselves. Nande besaya, rimande olobo hosetaya, rimande me 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 kusataya. Lord God, not for us, handala masetaya, not just to further our mind and our agenda. 
Lord God, we'll submit to your will. Lord God, yes, Yes, Lord, Yes, God, I'll answer yes, I'll answer yes, I'll answer yes, I'll answer yes. Vendo Robo Hosandaya. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. I'll say yes, and the Mando Hosataya. Remande, and the Maputele Mande. Remande, Olobo Hosataya. Remande de Besianda, and the Mande Olobo Hosataya. Remande Olobo Suya, and just sing that softly sing that softly for those of you that feel like your relationship with God has turned dry where you're lacking direction You've been looking for a new start. You've been looking for a new start. Ramande besianda bahaya da bakusheta rebe sundaya. You've went through the rhythm and roll of doing this Christian thing. But things are dry. Shande bosunda bahaya. Reketene mando say. You've doubted whether God still speaks anymore. The Lord is calling. Shendo rusutaya. The Lord is calling. He's not calling you to fancy tricks. He's not calling you to feathers and dust. He's calling you to intimacy. Shanda bahaya nde besuya. Remanda bahaya. Reketonobo sitaya. Resunda mahande. He's not koanda yosaya da bahaya. And if you feel oko toro sunde. Nanda ya da basaya. Don't don't let today go by. Mande sura mande shaya. You may feel like uh, it don't sound right to be asking about you know Bible study. I want a vision. Shendo saya. But the Lord's saying, meet me. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you, says the Lord. If you're feeling like that, just come. Just sing that out, sing that out, sing that out.
I just I hear the spirit of the Lord calling. Shanda Bahaya. I hear the spirit of the Lord calling. Nande Ribando Hoseta. Remanda Bahande Olobo Shataya. Remande Yende Besundaya. And and even if this feels strange to you, Shanda Sakataya da Bahaya. This may feel strange to you. Mande Rikandebo Sande Irebo Sanda Ramban Dorobo Setaya Mende Udorobo Saya. Even if you're not used to the idea of the supernatural, if you're not used to the idea of God speaking, if you're not used to the idea of God talking, God still speaks. God still speaks. God still speaks. Yanda Bahaya Remando Saya. Ande udo robo sete anda mande ukotaya. My answer will be yes, Lord, yes, yes. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. Yanda barakataya. Rebe tulomo hositaya. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust When your spirit. I want, I want us to pray as a church. I want to pray as a family. I want you to turn to the person next to you. Find someone which you don't normally talk to, actually. Find someone that you don't normally talk to. And I want you to pray for them. And I want you to pray that they would know God in a new way this week. That they would find God in a new way this week. That they would understand God in a new way this week. And I'll just ask Aaron if you continue to just sing that song. Amen. And my answer will be yes. Church, pray, 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 pray. the spaces that she felt abandoned, that she felt like she was praying alone and that there was no one there. Holy Spirit, make your presence known to her in the name of Jesus, that she may see and know that the Lord is God, that she may
And now that we have Nende Bosunda Ramande Osaya. Now that we've 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 committed to what God is trying to do with us, the simple things. I want us to pray as a church to say, Lord God, I'm willing to be an answer in this season. Our nation is crying out for answers. The globe is crying out for answers. When the nation gets dry, that's when the brook place is needed. Shanda Bahaya, Reketande Osaya. The Lord has called us for a time as this. Let's pray, church. We'll be the answer. We'll be the answer. We'll stand. Andayana Mamahaya, Reketemba Sunde. Yes, God, Nanda Hasaya. Do it through the brook place, Lord. Do it through the brook place, Lord. Do it through the brook place, Lord. We'll submit, God. We'll submit to your instruction. We'll submit to what you have to say. We'll submit, God. Ramande Hosaya. We'll submit to sound doctrine. We'll submit to prayer. We'll submit to fasting. We'll submit our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. We'll submit to you, Lord. Yes, God. Nande o sande ada mahaya. Rekende u sande ya. Rande bohola mande ya la bahaya. Yes, Lord. 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 Yande o saya. Yes, God. Nera ba kurende ya. Rende o saya. Raise the brook place in this season, God. Rekendo o sende ya la mahaya. Lord God, to be the answer. Lord God, not a vain church. Not a vain church looking for glory. But a church, Lord God, looking out for your will. Lord God, concerned about true doctrine. Concerned about the restoration of the church. Concerned about the things of God. Not concerned about titles. Not concerned about offices. But concerned that the nation be given over to the Lord. We submit, Lord God, Canning Town your will we say because we stand here the lord is in canning town the lord will do a thing in london the lord will do a thing in the uk lord god will submit and say do it here do it here god do it here god yes lord yes lord yes lord yes god reba sunda haya yes Recent the Bessianda. Oh, yeah. to me with my whole heart. I'll agree. And my answer, Monday, Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Yes, God. With my whole heart, I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! 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 Is anyone willing to say yes? Shout, yes, Lord. Yes. And Monday, We'll answer the call. We'll answer the call. Remando setaya. The Lord will do a new thing in the midst of us. Yende bosande barande uno mosaya. Eketene bosanda bahande rebe shotaya. Remande besuya. Because we'll be a church that will honor the word of God. 
because we'll be a church that serves the, the plan of God, because we'll be concerned more about uh, the will of God and the work of God and not titles, not self-accolades, because we'll be concerned that the, for the manifestation of the sons of God in this season, because we'll be ones that, Lord God, look to educate, equip, and empower, because we're partnering with the will of God in this season, the Lord will send the thirsty here. Yetenamando saya. Rekende besundaya. Renda sunde bere basiandaya. Reketenamando saya. Rinde undo lobo saya. Rekete rundo saya. I just want us to bask in his presence. Just yande reba sataya. This week, kendere bosanda. Remande besayanda bahaya. Wait for God. Nendo rusaya. This week, wait for God. This week, wait for God. Expect unusual knocking. Expect an unusual knock. It, it, it won't be like before. But wait for God. Because even when it's dark, the Lord is waiting to bring that potential out of you. Amen. 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 Amen.